So today I'm here to talk about my top movies from 2020. And I really struggled with this list. I actually filmed this video three times because I just, it kept going back and forth, back and forth. And, and is something a movie? Is it not a movie? What's going on? I don't know. It's hard to decide because I have about 35 movies that I feel pretty close about the same on and I really enjoyed and and I, I like for different reasons some of them make me cry some of them make me laugh which ones are my favorite I don't know it's so hard to decide for me but uh here we go here's my list so at number 15 I have Shaun the Sheep Farmageddon I thought this movie was so cute I thought it was really funny and I just really enjoyed the animation I thought it was really well done. Of course, Ardman is great at doing what they do, but even just the sequence where they order pizza was so funny. And yeah, I just thought it was delightful. That little alien was so cute. And uh, so yeah, it gets number 15. Number 14 is On the Rocks. This is Sofia Coppola's film, and I'm normally not the biggest fan of her movies. They can be a little dry for me and just not the greatest character development. But here, I really enjoyed it. I thought that Bill Murray's character was so charming, so funny. And the two of them, Rashida Jones and Bill Murray, to me, that father-daughter dynamic really rang true. And I really enjoyed it. And he's like a scoundrel, but you still like him anyway. And I thought that was really well done. But because I think it's Bill Murray or the script was so fun that I just found him very, very charming. And the dynamic, like I said, between father daughter really well done i very much enjoyed it number 13 i have what she said the art of pauline kale this is a documentary about the film critic pauline kale and it was very very uh, meaningful to me to watch this and just try to become more kind of confident in my opinions and my voice because she was so strong in her voice and she she wasn't afraid to have unpopular opinions and I just admire her so much the documentary it's not like it's put together anything special but I just think she's so cool and I really enjoyed watching it so it had to be at 13. Number 12 I have The Truth this is by Hayao Kazakurida who I love and I think he's a master filmmaker doesn't get enough credit as he deserves his last film Shoplifters was on my top 10 that year this year this The Truth is his first film to not be in Japanese to be in French. Catherine Denevue gives an Oscar-worthy performance and the lead playing this movie star who has written this memoir and her daughter Juliette Binoche comes and is like this is not true what you've written and so it's a lot about memories and uh, and how we uh, deal with each other's memories and I just really enjoyed it. Ethan Hawke is great in it as as Benoche's husband and uh, he is perfectly happy with kind of a more ordinary life. He doesn't need to be famous. He doesn't want to be famous like his mother-in-law and she's making this movie about space that involves memories and so there's that kind of involves there's a meta thing in there as well. It's just I really enjoyed it. Some people might think it's boring. I, I liked it quite a bit. So at number 11, I have Save Yourselves. This was my favorite narrative from Sundance. It wasn't the strongest year at Sundance for me, but I really thought this was funny. I Just the idea of these two uh, people, this couple that decide to go off the grid for a weekend and that happens to be the weekend of an alien invasion. That was very funny to me. And they're, they're sort of hipster lifestyle tests 
invested in the survival things. And I thought they, they had really nice chemistry as a couple. And it was uh, Sunita, Mani, and John Reynolds, and they were great. And so this is a hidden gem that I think not many people have seen that I really thought was quite funny. At number 10, I have words on bathroom walls. And this movie, it has its flaws. It's a little too tidy at the end. And, and uh, the romance isn't like super effective to me, but I really, really thought it was moving the way that they portrayed schizophrenia and the effect on the family. And, and I just think the whole stigma about mental illness is such BS that drives me crazy. And it was such a positive experience in my life with this movie because I thought it was moving, especially this letter that Walter Goggins writes at one point in the movie was so moving and I was crying and it really touched me. And I asked in my review on my blog, if anybody who has schizophrenia would be interested in talking about it. Cause I, I didn't know like how they would feel about it. And a, a young man named Zach, he contacted me. We talked on my podcast, Hallmarkies podcast, and it was so great, so meaningful. And then the director Tor Frudenthal, he heard the interview and then I talked to him. And so it was just a really like moving experience and I was able to see Zach grow and he decided to start a blog. And, and so it was able to impact him that way. And so it had a lot of personal meaning to me, this movie. As, as, and I just think Charlie Plummer is such a tremendous young actor. He is, you'll see him again on this list because <laughs> I think he's just phenomenal. And so definitely, if you haven't seen Words on Bathroom Walls, I definitely at least think it's, it's worth a watch. Number nine, I have Timmy Failure, Mistakes Were Made. I know nobody else will have this on their list, but I really loved this movie. I thought it was so sweet. I loved Timmy as a character and the kind of the, the trauma that he's gone through that's made him behave the way that he has. And I, there's a conversation uh, between him and Craig Robinson when they're talking about ad adaptability and how, how much should we change for other people that I think is one of the best moments of all of 2020. I loved it. I loved the script. I thought it had tons of heart and was very funny and sweet. Wallace Shawn, perfect as this teacher. So I loved Timmy Failure. It was, it was a huge surprise for 2020. And uh, so, yeah, it's my list. I can put whatever I want on it. So I have it at number nine. Number eight, I have Spontaneous. This movie is bonkers. It's crazy. It's weird. It's dark. Uh, but it, it, I thought it was just so creative. And, and I don't know, it was funny by also being tense, being sad. It kind of did everything for me. And I it has Charlie Plummer, who I think is incredible. And Catherine Langford, who I think is also really interesting and picking interesting projects. So I, I'm happy with both of their careers. I think they had really good chemistry in this. And it's a romance, but it's a weird romance about how at any moment, one of them might explode and what's going to be happening. And so it was it was definitely a hidden gem this year that I think more people should see. Very creative, and uh, it's a romance. And uh, so anyway, I have it at number eight. Number seven, I have the personal history of David Copperfield. I thought this was really creative. Again, I a new take on a period piece. I liked the production design. I liked the costumes. I loved the cast. Tilda Swinton is hilarious in this. It was funny in a way not a lot of other period pieces are. 
course, I love Dev Patel. He's great. And I just thought this was such a charming, fun way to tell this story. And, uh, and so it's at number seven. Number six, I have Bad Education. It's probably my favorite script of the year. I think it was just about perfect. And it's dealing with these really unlikable characters. So it's, it's a little bit hard, but they don't excuse their behavior at all. You definitely want to keep watching because of the performances and the witty banter of the script and the uh, the girl who played the teenager, Geraldine Biswanathan, sorry. Uh, she was really good. I liked her a lot. And she's a talented young actress. She was also in the Broken Hearts Gallery, which I also enjoyed. So she's definitely someone to look out for in the future. At number five, I have Dick Johnson is Dead. I saw this at Sundance. It was my favorite thing I saw at Sundance. It's Kirsten Johnson. And she is basically chronicling the, the, uh, the last few years of her father's life. He hasn't died yet, to my knowledge at least. But kind of just trying to cope with the idea that her father might die, will die uh, soon, and is, is starting to experience dementia. And I just love Dick Johnson so much. And it reminded me of my grandpa, who I miss so much. And both my grandmas passed away last year. So there was a lot of personal meaning. She was so great at Sundance, Kirsten. I loved her so much. And, and I just thought this had huge heart. It was so charming and different and creative and moving. I loved it. Number four, I have Love and Monsters. This had like everything you could want in a movie as far as I'm concerned. It was funny, had great action. It uh, had romance. It had uh, good dialogue, great leading man, Dylan O'Brien. I thought he was very charismatic, very enjoyable. And Michael Rooker, so funny as uh, one of the people that he meets outside of the outside of the caves they i thought the creatures were really well done and fun and i just thought it was a great movie i really enjoyed it and number three i have emma love this version of emma she's a hard character to kind of get right sometimes for jane austen because she is probably her most unlikable heroine but it's because she's so young and she's been so sheltered and so she's trying she has the best of intentions in trying to kind of match everybody up and control everybody's lives but i thought anya taylor joy did a great job with portraying emma and i love bill knight as her dad he he was hilarious. I loved uh, Mia Goth as Harriet. She was great. I loved Mr. Knightley, played by Johnny Flynn in this. He was so good. And I I loved the music. I, I just thought it was great. I, I felt like it was true enough to the book, but also took some creative chances, which is what I, I like to see in an adaptation. And uh, so it worked for me. I really enjoyed it as I saw it three times in the theater. And then I've seen it multiple times since. And I've just really loved it every time. And number two was really hard for me to know what to do with because it's not really a movie, but is it a movie? It's Hamilton. I love Hamilton. I love the music. I love how different it is with the hip hop stylings. I love how it has this fresh new take on history and American history. And it's funny. It's romantic. It's sweet. It's everything you could want in a show. Uh, but also here you had it come to us when... Broadway had just been announced to being closed. We get we get to see Hamilton. So personally, it meant a lot to me, as well as just being so, so phenomenal. Uh, so that's my number two. My number one is Wolf Walkers. This won't surprise anybody. I absolutely loved this movie. I loved the animation. I loved the music. I loved Tom Moore. I've loved all of his films. I think that the story of these two girls and their connection and 
uh, sisterhood is really great. And I think that the dad is a very complex character. He's trying to protect them, but I see over protecting them, taking away their agency. Uh, I, I just loved it. I thought it was enchanting and sweet and everything that you could want in an animated film, my favorite movie of 2020 without question. And so there you go. That is my favorite films of 2020. Some honorable mentions that I didn't mention. I have Nola Holmes, The Vast of Night, Sylvie's Love, World of Tomorrow 3, Soul, Modern Persuasion, Ages for Happiness, Over the Moon, News of the World, and Military Wives were all films that I really enjoyed. So today I'm talking about my favorite series that I watched in 2020. Normally not that big of a a TV person. I'm more of a movie person, but with the more time that I had uh, in 2020 with quarantine and everything like that, I had the chance to watch a bunch of series that I normally wouldn't have watched. And there were a bunch of ones that didn't quite make my top uh, 12. Uh, there's Romance is a Bonus Book, which was my first K-drama that I'd ever watched, which I really enjoyed diving into that world. It was a little bit too long is why I didn't make the 12 episodes sometimes dragged a little bit for me, but I still really enjoyed it and was, like I said, really fun to get a first introduction into that world. Um, I also watched for my podcast, One Calls the Heart, Season 7 and The Good Witch. Uh, and I, I, I like them well enough, but they didn't make my list. Uh, then I also watched Utopia, which was the only series that I really, uh, I mean, I, I understand its appeal. It's not really made for me. It's just too violent. It wasn't my favorite. Uh, so that's the only one that I didn't like probably of this. Also the last dance didn't make my list, but I really enjoyed that about, uh, the final se season with Michael Jordan and the Bulls. That was very entertaining. Uh, so that deserved a mention at least. And uh, so let's talk about my top 12. At number 12, I have the first season of High School Musical, the musical, the series, which is a ridiculous name for a series, but it is really quite a charming show. I loved pretty much all the music I thought was great. I thought they got a really nice group of young leads that actually feel like high school students, which is nice, which you typically don't get in these kinds of shows. Uh, and then uh, the, some of the adults weren't my favorite, the, t the drama teacher I didn't love, uh, but it was fun and I'm looking forward to seeing what they do for season two. And some of the conflict I think could have maybe been a little bit better. I hope they do better, but overall I still very much enjoyed it. So it's number 12, number 11. I have Virgin River season two. I thought the chemistry was a little bit better between the two leads in this one, but they kind of leaned too much into the, the drug uh, plot line, drug ring plot line. I was hoping they would kind of forget about that, but they definitely didn't. So that wasn't my favorite. Also, I, I Charmaine could be a little much sometimes uh, with Jack. And uh, so, yeah, it's end up at number 11, but I did overall enjoy it. Number 10, I have The Mandalorian season two. I thought this was pretty good. I enjoyed it. I, it's definitely some of the best Star Wars has been in a while. And uh, not every episode really landed for me, uh, particularly the frog lady. I did not like that. I thought that was very strange. And I, I uh, they had some weird character design this season, I felt like. But overall, I thought it was entertaining. I thought it ended pretty awesome. 
Um, that was cool. And uh, we'll see what's going to happen next. So there we go. Then at number nine, I have Bridgerton season one. And this is just a very, very dishy show. It's definitely uh, a pretty risque show. It's definitely pretty spicy, but uh, it's like a romance novel actually translated to screen. So that's super fun. And uh, I, I, I really did enjoy it. So then at number eight, I have Sweet Magnolias. This seems too low, but I don't know. It was just hard because like different things for different reasons, but I really did love this show. I loved the casting, all of the three main leading ladies I absolutely love from other projects. So to see them all together, Brooke Elliott, Joanna Garcia, and Heather Headley were so great. And I thought that they did a really good job with the teenage characters. I wasn't expecting them to be so well done, but they did. And real excited for next season. Uh, then we have at number seven, The Chosen season one. And this follows Jesus as he starts his ministry. And I think they did such a great job. And this is a, a group that so rarely gets good content. Uh, it's usually not the best faith-based films, but this was very, very, very well done but well written well acted and it made Jesus feel like a real person with with a personality and uh, and interacting with people and uh, it was a little bit down to earth it didn't feel like uh, I don't know some austere figure like he was there playing with kids and and uh, and talking with people and I don't know I just thought they did such a great job with the conflict with the acting with the characters and uh, so I think that uh, especially given the space that it's in that so rarely gets good content, I want it. I had to put it where I put it. Number six, I have Dash and Lily. I really enjoyed this series. This was such a pleasant burst of fun into my Christmas season. Uh, I loved the romance to it. I loved both the lead characters, especially Lily. She was so cute. And uh, I, every episode was just so charming. And uh, so yeah, I have it at number six. Number five, I have The Babysitter's Club. I absolutely loved this. I thought it was so well written well acted and sometimes stuff about teenagers is not my favorite they can be a little too much for me but these just felt so authentic and felt like these girls and their bond and was so well cast and and again so well written uh, so that had to be number five number four I have McMillions and I got so much joy out of this crazy bonkers series <laughs> I, I think that Doug Matthews needs his own show. He was so funny and charming and great. And it was just so, it was so unpredictable and entertaining. And they had a, a podcast to go along with it to give you more, more information. So that was really fun. Uh, number three, I have Survivor 40, Winners at War. Uh, this was such an incredible season. It had all winners and to get to follow them and they're, they're all interacting together. And then what Tony did was just so amazing. It just blew my mind. Uh, the fire tokens maybe weren't the best and all that time wasted over on uh, Edge of Extinction wasn't my favorite, but I still just, I mean, all those winners unbelievable uh then number two i actually have the looney tunes cartoons this on hbo max i thought these were so great i thought they lived up to anything that we had seen in the past and especially after we had the looney tunes show which i hated uh to get this 
a set of cartoons and have it be made so well with such great sound design, sound mixing, with such great music, uh, animation. I just absolutely loved the Looney Tunes cartoons. And my favorite show from, from 2020 is Hilda season two. I just posted my review not too long ago, but I absolutely loved this show. I love Hilda as a character. I think she's just so positive and sweet, but also learns and grows. And the relationship between her and her mother was so wonderful in this season. And I thought the animation was incredible. The final episode, it was as good as anything that I've seen from animation all year long. I absolutely adored it. It's so creative. It's so inventive. It, the music, I love. I love everything about it. I think it is just absolutely wonderful. And I can't wait for season three. So that is my top 12 shows that I saw in 2020. And let me know what some of your favorites were. I know there was so much. Nobody can watch it all. So today is the first of my videos that we are talking about the movies of 2020. We're going to be doing best, worst, all over the place, but I saw 109 holiday films and features in the year of 2020 and 110 if you count Dash of Lily, which was a Netflix series that I really, really enjoyed. And I, that would be pretty high up on my list if I was ranking that, including that because it's a series, I don't have it, but I, I really enjoyed it and I can't wait if they're going to do a season two, even though I don't really think a season two is necessary, but I still just really enjoyed the love story. It was really good. And so I have a podcast called the Hallmarkies podcast, and we have covered all of the holiday content that we can over there from everything from Toys of Terror on Sci-Fi Channel, which I enjoyed, to everything on Hallmark Channel, Lifetime Channel, Netflix. Uh, so if you are interested in holiday content, you definitely want to make sure that you're checking out the Hallmarkies podcast. We're going to be doing top 10 Hallmark, top 10 non-Hallmark. We're going to be doing top 10 non-Christmas Hallmark. Uh, so take a look over there. You definitely want to check it out. It's going to be real fun. But I thought it would be fun over here to do my combined list of my top 12 of Christmas 2020. And that can include any of the networks, any of the films that I saw, shorts, whatever it might be. It was holiday themed. This is all included. This is my ranking. So here we go. Let's talk about it. My at number 12, I have the Princess Switch switched again. This is our sequel to the first Princess Switch movie. And I think this was really fun. If you like your, your Christmas movies to be a little campy, a little silly, and Vanessa Hudgens was going all Cruella on this one. And I was here for it. I laughed a lot. I thought she was really funny. And I enjoyed the, the relationships and being back in that world. It's completely nutty and silly, but I think that's why I liked it. So it's my number 12. My number 11 is Good Morning Christmas. I thought the banter was very well done between uh, the two leads with uh, Mark Lucas and Allison Sweeney. They are pros. They're really good at what they do. And I think they did a good job here. Plus the script was up to their levels. I, I got a chance to interview the screenwriter Riley Weston and that was really fun to get to talk with her after I saw the movie uh, because I enjoyed it so much. And 
I thought that the banter just between them was really good. And I, I kind of their perspectives of one in, enjoys more spontaneity, one enjoys being planned and prepared. I could definitely relate to that dynamic. And I thought it made sense. And I thought it had really cute moments. I had one of the best cookie baking sequences in, in movies this year. And so it goes at number 11. Number 10 is on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. And this was the Christmas bow. This is definitely the biggest surprise of the season. I didn't know what to expect because the lead actress, Lucia Micarelli is a violinist and not a actress, but I thought she did a serviceable job in the lead. And I thought the movie really had good emotion. And I thought Macarady was great in it. And just the scene alone where she plays for her grandmother with dementia was so moving and lovely and brought back all of my memories of you know both my grandma's past last year so it brought back a lot of memories with both of them and I just really really enjoyed it so it had to make my list so then at number nine I have the forgotten carols and this is the filmed uh version of the stage show uh, that uh, I've enjoyed for many, many years. It started out as a, as an album with a book and then morphed into a stage show. And this was really nice because it was the one thing that I saw this year for, for Christmas out of 100, 110 properties that was actually about Jesus and, and um, you know, helped me to kind of think about that part of the season. And so I really appreciated that. It's non-denominational as far as the particular sect of Christianity, but it still is at least talking about the people from the Bible story and other, other characters that are forgotten and that we don't know their carols. And so I thought that was really beautiful and they did a good job with the staging of it. And I, I just, you know, love the songs. So it was an easy one for me to put at number nine. Number eight, I have a sugar and spice holiday. Really enjoyed this film. I thought the script was very funny uh, the way it compares all of the different characters to different kinds of pastries was really funny. And just the script in general was funny. I mean, they were having Keanu Reeves joke that made me laugh. I really liked the two leads. I thought they did a great job. And of course, it's nice to see a little bit of diversity in this but uh, it has to still be executed well and it was in this case I really thought it was a charming romantic comedy so it's at number eight number seven I have the Christmas waltz and I really loved this movie I loved all of the dancing I thought it was just excellent you have Will Kemp who is a professional dancer and he shows it and there was just so much like whimsy in this that I enjoyed so much I'm dancing down the street and him uh, kind of pretending to be Charlie Chaplin at times was so charming, I thought. And I and they, this is their second movie with Lacey Chabert and Will Kemp together. And I thought they had great chemistry. And, and the plot is, you know, normal. <laughs> There's nothing that, that, that is a deal breaker as far as the plot, but I enjoyed it. And I thought they, uh, they just did a great job together. And I loved all the dancing. At number six, I have One Royal Holiday. And, you know, I have seen so many royal movies that it's a little bit hard to surprise me with these royal movies, but this one did. And it was nice to have the royals have been the fish out of water as opposed to the, the young girl coming over to the castle and the things. This was them having to find a place to stay for the weekend. And uh, I, I really liked all the sort of side relationships that you got, even more than the main relationship. Uh, I thought they all worked together. Laura Osnes is so good. Aaron Tivet is so good. 
And it was so much fun to have all these Broadway talent. I love Victoria Clark. She's incredible. And overall, it was just really charming. And I loved things like the Pajama Gala. That was so much fun. And so, yeah, I loved it. I think it's great. And that's my number six. My number five is The Christmas Setup. And this, of course, stars Fran Drescher, who I absolutely adore and love and got to interview after I had seen the movie. And that was amazing over at Hallmarkies podcast, but I just loved her as this busybody matchmaker mother, thought she was perfect for that. I loved the relationship between the two leads. I thought it was really cute. Their meet cute and their little date that they went on and then watching the Northern Lights. And I loved the way that they tied back to the past. And there was just a nice heart there with that. I liked the relationship between the two brothers. That really worked for me. So overall, I just really loved it. I thought it was great. So it's number five. Number four, I have the Christmas Spectacular with the Radio City Rockettes. This was on the Peacock Network. And because Broadway has been closed, that's been very, very difficult. And so this was really comforting. And I have a personal connection to the Christmas Spectacular and the Rockettes because it's something I did with my grandma. And uh, I just love them so much. And she loved them so much. And so to be able to watch them was just wonderful. And to they had all these testimonials from people, from different people. People, uh, talking about their experiences at the at, at the Rockettes and the Christmas Spectacular and all together it just brought me all the feels and brought back so many wonderful memories and I just loved it. So number three I have Angela's Christmas Wish and this is an animated short and animated shorts have a long tradition in the holidays so this was really fun and I loved the first one and this I loved the second one the sequel and I, I thought that it really paid off emotionally. There's a particular moment that kind of took my breath away that I thought really worked and totally made me cry. And I thought it was also funny and sweet with them trying to reconnect with their father who's gone, gone to Australia to work. And what are they going to do? So cute. I loved the animation. I thought that was wonderful. So I loved the first one. I loved this. So there we go at number three. And number two, I have Christmas Ever After. I thought the whole premise of this movie was really funny. The idea that this writer is uh, at this inn and she is she's blocked and she sees somebody who looks exactly like the hero from her novels, which was really funny to me. She's freaking out. I loved Ali Stroker in this. I thought she was so charming and funny. And I just, I loved the fact that we get a new kind of heroine in a wheelchair, which we've never seen before, which was awesome. But again, diversity isn't, doesn't matter as much if it's not a good film. This was a good film. It made me laugh. I really enjoyed it. And uh, so there we go at number two. My number one movie of the holidays 2020 is Deliver by Christmas. And this movie, I, I honestly think is just about a perfect little rom-com. I love the dynamic of the fact that they are communicating and talking uh, and falling in love with each other. And yet they don't realize that they, ha that they have actually met in real life and they know each other. But so you have this kind of dual relationship. I mean, it's, it's what you saw in the shop around the corner or you've got mail. It's got that kind of vibe to it. But I just felt such a connection between these two people. And they did such a good job of 
uh, of kind of building that tension and that relationship between the two of them that I loved so much. And I, there was such chemistry between them. Like this, there's a scene in an ice cream shop and uh, he, the way he kind of looks back at her was so dreamy. I just loved that. And, uh, and, and the little boy was so cute. And when he kind of realizes that the other, this other woman is, is, uh, that is going on a date with his dad and is helping for this one project that they're going and his disappointment that it's not the our leading lady it was so sweet and cute and uh, everybody's just rooting for these two to get together I loved her sister in this I loved the ending I, I thought it was so romantic and I don't know I just I just absolutely loved this film so it's my favorite of anything that I saw in 2020, I really have almost no critiques for it. I thought it was just so charming and romantic and well done. And I really felt for both of the characters. So there we go. That is my top pick for the holiday films of 2020. I saw, like I said, 110, including Dash and Lily. And if I was including Dash and Lily, I would probably put it at number three. I really loved it. So there we go. So today is the day when I give you my worst movies of 2020. And these are the movies that were disappointing, that I really didn't like, that were tough to sit through, whatever it might be. 2020 is really at the worst of everything in, in in any list just 2020 but there were some films that I really didn't enjoy and so some of these will probably be pretty controversial but let's check it out at number 13 I have Tenet I know shocking I didn't enjoy this film I couldn't understand it I thought it was too loud I thought it was blaring I didn't think the script made any sense I didn't feel for any of the characters I, I thought that most of the characters were just one note and flat. Uh, you had your one note villain. You had your character literally named the protagonist. So he's pretty one note. I don't know. I just wasn't, I didn't like it. And I'm glad that other people found all this great stuff from it. Uh, but I thought it was not good. I did not enjoy it. So it is number 13. Number 12, I have Kajillionaire. And I just didn't think this movie was funny. I thought it was really obnoxious. I thought it repeated the same jokes over and over and over again. I didn't like any of the characters. And yeah, I didn't enjoy it at all. So it is number 12. Uh, number 11 is Doolittle. I didn't ever review this film because I literally fell asleep for probably 30 minutes of the movie. I thought it was really boring. And the parts that I was awake for, I didn't enjoy. <laughs> I didn't, and certainly didn't enjoy that whole scene with the dragon and <laughs> the, the flatulence. What on earth? I It wasn't for me. And his weird voice, I don't understand. So that is number 11. Number 10, I have Godmothered. I thought this movie had a lot of potential, I even did a trailer reaction for it. But I just, it, they had one joke that she was a bad godmother and then did nothing with it. It was not funny at all. And I just thought it was such a missed opportunity. You have two talented people in Jillian Bell and in Ella Fisher, and it's just the same thing over and over and over again and not funny. I don't understand why they couldn't have come up with a better script. It's like they they had the idea and that's where their ingenuity stopped is at the idea and you can't. It made me appreciate Elf and Enchanted much more because this was, I thought, extremely disappointing. Number nine, I have Downhill. I'm told that the original, I think, Dutch film is 
our Swedish film is very, very funny. I've never seen that, uh, but it can't be worse than this. I just, I didn't like the two of them together at all. I didn't like the conflict. I didn't think it was funny. I didn't think it was enjoyable. I didn't I think it was insightful about marriage or anything like that. And so it is my number nine. Number eight, I have Artemis Fowl. I think this is so frustrating because it had so much potential. There was so much there that they could have told a good story, but instead it was like the setup for a pilot for a television show uh, that you're getting introduced to all the characters, but then there's no story. And so I don't know how it got so, 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 so lost very frustrating with a great cast. How could they not make it better? I don't know. Uh, number seven is Hillbilly Elegy. This movie, I just didn't enjoy it at all. I think that if it was trying to be a story about a man getting out of poverty, I don't think they told that story very well. To me, it was about wallowing in these people's misery and, uh, and just a tiny bit about how he got out of it. Uh, I think there's so many better movies like October Sky or something like that, 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 show the actual progression of the character this was just him dealing with his mother and her destructive tendencies over and over and over and over and over again and I don't know I, I just I found it really really distasteful and unpleasant and unenjoyable I didn't like it so Hillbilly Elegy is my number seven my number six is Hubie Halloween uh, the minute I heard Adam Sandler with this voice in this movie, I, I was immediately turned off. I mean, it was so annoying. And there's a couple funny jokes, but for the most part, I didn't laugh. And that's the job of a comedy is to make me laugh. And I just found all the characters very annoying. And so I didn't, I didn't enjoy it. So that's why it's number six. Number five, I have unhinged. A lot of people seem to have enjoyed this movie. And it is a... Uh, it does have some good thriller moments. I just found the whole thing so distasteful and so uh, unpleasant. It was not for me. And, and people are like, oh, it's just, a, it's just a B movie. It's just, it doesn't have any higher ambitions. I disagree. I mean, they spend the whole first, uh, I don't know, five minutes or so of this movie talking about uh, the, the greater, uh, the greater world and how we treat each other and this montage and dramatic music and stuff like that. I mean, to me, it's definitely trying to say something about the world. And then at the end, when basically the girl has sort of learned her lesson and isn't going to treat people the way that she treated people with, when she learns and to not honk the way that she did at the end, I thought that was awful. I really didn't like it. And I think that the movie was definitely trying to say something about modern life and I found it very distasteful and unpleasant and I didn't enjoy it at all. So I have it at number five. Number four, I have Love Wedding Repeat. This is romantic comedy with very little romance, with very little humor. Uh, so it fails on both the rom romance and the comedy part of romantic comedy. I really disliked all of the characters. I, I didn't care about any of their romantic entanglements. And I just thought it was so unpleasant to watch. So it's my number four. My number three is The Wrong Missy, has one of the most annoying characters of recent memory in Missy. I thought that she was terrible. And the idea that David Spade is some kind of sex god is ridiculous. And <laughs> all these beautiful women are falling over. I mean, he's perfectly fine, normal looking human, but 
I mean, the whole thing was just such an ego trip. And I just, I didn't think it was funny. And the job of a comedy is to make me laugh. And I didn't laugh at all. I found it incredibly irritating and annoying. Uh, number two, I have Horse Girl. I just hated this movie. I hated its pretensions. I hated its message. I hated uh, every step. It just got worse and worse and worse and more, more pretentious along the way. I didn't think it had anything interesting to say. I thought it was just well-meaning and they tried, but I just found the whole experience to be so unpleasant and so long and just not for me. Uh, so my least favorite movie of 2020 is Desperados. This is another rom-com that I hated. I thought it was awful. All the humor, I was just vulgar and unpleasant and not funny at all. And I mean, even, even they even managed to make dolphins unpleasant. Just everything in this movie was unpleasant. I, I It's not really the actor's fault, but it, they they couldn't save it that's for sure and Anna Camp she had a horrible year I really disliked her performance in Lovebirds and I really hated her performance here she she just needs to be careful because I think she had a horrible 2020 and uh, I she can be funny I love the first Pitch Perfect movie but I just didn't like this movie at all it is not for me and uh, it's one of the worst rom-coms I, I think I've probably ever seen in my life. So that makes it the worst movie of 2020 for me was Desperados. And so let me know what you think. It's a pretty controversial list, I realize, but I'm just talking about my enjoyment level, what I got out of a film and the ones that I didn't care for. So there you go. That is my top 13 or bottom 13 films of 2020. Let me know your least favorite in the comments section. And uh, if you want to talk on Twitter, that that's also an option. So check that out. And please like this video, please subscribe to my channel. I would really appreciate that. And we also have our patron group and merch store. And uh, that's also very, very appreciated. So thank you so much. And I'll talk to you all later. Bye, everyone.